It is time for the semi-state recap edition of State Champs Indiana Hang Time, presented by Lawrence Technological University. If you've got the dream of playing college sports, LTU offers two dozen varsity sports, including men's and women's basketball. Lawrence Tech wants you to recruit yourself. More on that later in the program. My name is Greg Rakestraw. Bob Stambazzi, as always, joins the program. Hello, my friend. How are you? Yes, Peaches and Creamsies here. Uh, what a great weekend, huh? A beautiful weekend, a wonderful weekend for Indiana high school basketball. And this hit me just as uh, as, as we were beginning the program. Mm-hmm. I am spoiled. You know, I, I'm accustomed to knowing that I'm going to get to call sectional, regional, semi-state games. And, uh, you know, lucky enough in my career where the IHSAA asked me to broadcast state finals on a regular basis. Baz is a broadcaster that really follows four, five or six teams you hope your teams are successful enough to keep you going well into the postseason. You just completed a, a basketball season where you got to go to the semi-state round in, in both girls and boys because a local team made a pretty good run. That's that's a pretty special deal, Coach. Every year. I mean, you know, we, we were actually talking about that at the station the other day when you kind of recap what we've been through in 14. I've been doing this 16 years. And what I've been able to do in the past 16 years, and I was talking with Coach Verse, what he's been able to do in just 14 years at Southwood. Yeah, we, we've been blessed to, to call some state finals and to watch some fantastic kids, not only our kids in the MyBash area, uh, Coach, but uh, kids from outside the area. This past weekend was another example of that with the kids with Cal. So uh, there's just nothing better. I'm sorry, I keep preaching this every day, but there's nothing better then go into a high school game because the return you get on your investment dollar is is second to none. All right, so with that, we're going to start as we do most weeks with uh, the game that Baz had. Bob was at the uh, Lafayette Semi-State, and you got to see with your own four eyes, because you wear glasses, um, a team that we have talked about a lot this year, and that is Couts. Mm -hmm. They were the only ranked team in the northern half of the 1A bracket and they have made their way to the state championship game, as many of us expected they would. Uh, Cole Weyerman is now in the top 40 in terms of career points scored in the history of the state of Indiana. And Couts' offense is a little bit too much for Southwood. Mustangs got the win in the 1A championship game as they crossed the 80-point threshold, which is basically nearly average for them. First impressions of that Couts team. Uh, very athletic. Uh, better team uh, than people would give him credit for. Uh, Coach uh, Dusan did a great job uh, on his game plan. He brought the bigs out to bring the ball up the court, which Southwood, as you know, Greg, does not have size. And with having two ball handlers or 6'5", handle the ball in the backcourt and not dribble and pass, they caught and released. And that was one of the biggest nemesis uh, Southwood had to contend with, they got beat at their own game speed, and they could never, never get untracked uh, in their pressure style of defense that you normally see. Now, did they get a couple turnovers? Yes, they did. Uh, matter of fact, the second point they scored uh, of the night was off a turnover, but it was just a game where a well game plan uh, executed by Couts going up against a team from Southwood that literally, literally, was scratching their heads what they could do against a very athletic team. And you brought up, oh, Cole, Cole Wireman and, and 
what an outstanding basketball player he is. And you look at his brother, Kale, uh, Greg, and, and you're saying, this kid could be as good as his brother, but he is the number one. He's the point guard. He's going to distribute the ball. Then you look at the two Canaple boys underneath, and uh, uh, they're loaded. And they're very athletic. Uh, they jump well. They run well. They pass well. They shoot well. Then you throw shoot in there. This is a basketball team. Do I think they, they – and I know we're going to talk about it later, but sure. is this a team that beats Barreed? Probably not. But is this a team that will go out and compete? Yes, it will. And uh, it makes for a very interesting 1A state championship game, which begins a couple of weeks from now. So, again, as, as Bob touched on, you know, normally, um, you know, this is about the end of us saying normal uh, because we don't have <laughs> to compare it to, uh, you know, for, from last year at this point, now that we're over a year into this, uh, we would be, we'd be you know, recapping eight games and previewing four games because of, of the entirety of the NCAA tournament taking place in Indianapolis. And because Bankers Life Fieldhouse is going to be used uh, for the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 next weekend and into next week, the IHSAA State Finals will hit pause. We will come back in two weeks. We'll have an April championship um, from a from a first time since 1978. The Tournament of Champions did play uh, into, uh, into early April, the two years of its existence in 98 and 99. So April 3rd will be the Boys State Finals. Couts and Barry will play at 10 a.m. All the state finals will be in one day uh, on Saturday, April the 3rd. But we will spend most of our energy in terms of previewing those games next week on the podcast. And then we'll come back and have a final podcast on April the 5th, the day of the NCAA National Championship game, recapping everything we saw at Bankers Life Fieldhouse over the course of a very long but full day of basketball. So with that... Did you enjoy the free ticket and stick around for Carmel and Gary Westside? You you get heading east after your game. After the game, we headed east uh, and watched uh, <laughs> a little NCAA basketball. I know that's hard to believe. Uh, I know, <laughs> but we all met and uh, a bunch of us and and uh, watched some basketball and uh, reminisced a little bit about the season. That you know, a lot of people that I talk to uh, in Wabash County want to talk Wabash. It's a very unique uh, community. Uh, they want to talk sports because they have four local teams in that county. And it, Greg, you're very familiar with small small schools and counties and, and the rivalries and uh, the the bragging rights each and every one of them love to have. And so that's what we talked about a lot when we were watching NCAA. All right. So with that, let's talk about Carmel and Gary Westside. Uh, and Carmel won in overtime. And for some, they'll be surprised that it took overtime for Carmel to beat Gary Westside. For those, there are some that are surprised that Carmel can hang with the athleticism of Gary Westside. Again, Baz, this is a Westside team. We talked about, we said, hey, it's going to be them or South Bend Adams, one of the two, that will make it to the semi-state round. Adams got knocked off by Riley in their sectional. It was Westside that beat Riley in the regional championship. And it's Carmel, as they seemingly always do, they find a way to overcome and they find a way to win late, even facing 6'9", Jim Washington, yes. uh, 6'9", Mason Nicholson, uh, again, Kamari Peterson, that is a Division One level point guard, really a four-year starter for this Westside Cougars team. Your thoughts about how that game played out, the second game at Lafayette on Saturday? Well, it, it sounds like, you know, in, in uh, what I read about the game, uh, it was well of a basketball game from the standpoint. Uh, Carmel was able to control the tempo. Now, and it, it ended up going in overtime, 
and Carmel gets that that big win uh, by two in overtime. Uh, check, check it, but uh, 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 when you look at it, I, I kind of shake uh, by three. Excuse me. Uh, when I when I look at that game, and I'll be very frank with you, Greg, I did not think Carmel could slow uh, Garrett West down that much, even though that's a team that can play that type of basketball with their size. You'd think they would dominate the inside. And uh, I was very surprised that the game was in the 50s because listen to what Greg Rakestraw has told me all year. This is a team of Carmel that wants to control the tempo of the entire game. I figured if it was in the 50s, low 60s, it was Carmel's game. If I got above 65, Gary West was going to run away with it. Well, Carmel did a great job controlling everything. Did it surprise me? Maybe not so much because what you've been telling me all year long. Uh, but I, I was surprised the fact it did, to be honest with you, go overtime. So it, it, I will repeat this public service announcement yes. for any and all coaches that might be listening to this show. Here we go. You will not speed up Carmel. <laughs> it is impossible. This is like a record player. You're not going to play it at 45. You're not going to play it at 78. You're going to play it at 33. That's the speed that Carmel plays. It is impossible to speed them up, at least this team. Maybe in future years you can. And again, uh, next year, Greyhound's going to be really good again. Although of the nine kids they play this year, five of them are seniors. Suter returns, Wack returns, Orm will come back for next year, and Charlie Williams so I just referenced, you know, six two, six five, six seven, six ten. They will lose their point guard. They leave the losing scorer in Brian Waddell. Uh, other other key role players. But again, let's not. We'll worry about next year in a couple of weeks because uh, this Carmel team is really good. And now in three consecutive playings of the IHSAA Boys Basketball State Tournament, the Greyhounds will make it to Bankers Life Fieldhouse to compete for a state championship. Again, a sight to behold. Carmel and Lawrence North for a state championship game. Moana LN got there in a moment, but let's stay with the northern half of the bracket. Uh, Blackhawk and Blackford played out about as expected. Just too much on the interior in terms of Fort Wayne Blackhawk. Braves win 88 to 61. Luke Brown reaches fourth in the history of Indiana high school hoops with 3,011 points in his final performance in a Blackford uniform. Again, of, of all the results in terms of, of of who won and maybe the way the game was played, I think Couts and Southwood kind of played according to what was expected. I would say that Blackhawk and Blackford played kind of what we thought it would as well. Well, there's no doubt about it. Everybody knows how Blackford goes is how Luke Brown goes. And, uh, he got 34. Uh, congratulations. Got over the 3,000 mark. Uh, what this young man has done, I'm not going to say for the school, what this young man has done for the community. Sure. Uh, it is just remarkable. Uh, this is a fairy tale movie type of story down there at Blackford with uh, Luke Brown. But you got to look over at Blackhawk. And a lot of people sit there and say, man, with Caleb first, how can they lose? But they got Lewis Jones. They've got Greg. Uh, uh, Stephen, they, they got some other good size uh, with that ball team, uh, Greg, and uh, they're good and they're good big. I mean, they've just got one kid that's uh, six foot and everybody else is bigger. So this is a big, by the way, one a basketball team that's right. playing up this year that's going to play up. And so 
This is a good uh, veteran, well-tested, as you're, you can attest to, because you've seen them all over the state. This team's coming in ready for bear uh, in two weeks. The big three for Blackhawk Christian and Caleb first. He is now in the top 50 in terms of career points scored. He checks in at number 50, one of six players in this senior class that has cracked the top 50. Two of those players will keep playing as of next weekend, Cole Weirman. I would say Cole legitimately has a chance to get up to number 30 in the all-time scoring list. Caleb first would have a chance to get to about 43 or 44 um, at the end of the game next week uh, against Park Heritage. But it is more than Caleb. Uh, there is the yes. uh, there is the younger Davidson, like Marcus. I always get he and his older brother Frankie confused, but Marcus uh, is the senior on this year's team. And Zane Burke um, that is going to play at St. Francis, that is a really good basketball player. But the reason we bring up first is that it is first that is the difference because you get to this level of 3A or 4A tournament, you may see a post player with the ability of Caleb first. You generally do not see that in the 1A and 2A level. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is what makes, you know, Blackhawks such a prohibitive favorite uh, in terms, of, uh, in terms of, of this level of play. The other game at Elkhart, Leo uh, able to get the victory over South Bend St. Joe. Uh, again, like virtually every place else across the board, these were two ranked teams getting together. But Leo has been a team that has found a way to win during the course of the postseason. Just able to skate by Northwood in the regional final week before at Newcastle. And now Leo makes it downstate. Your thoughts about that victory up at Elkhart? Surprising. Uh, I, I just thought uh, St. Joe uh, would get them. Uh, Leo played a great basketball game, winning it uh, late, la- literally on the last second shot uh, to win that bad boy by two, 61 to 59. Is it a team of destiny? I don't know. I, I just know they're going to run into a buzzsaw in, in two weeks. But the uh, thing about Leo, Greg, that you're going to enjoy. It is going to be a basketball team that will play very physical. And uh, they play a very clean, physical type of basketball that causes other teams some headaches uh, because of spacing. And, and that's one thing you have to look at, Leo. They will figure out a way to use their bodies to gain spacing. And as long as the game is not called close contact, uh, they are going to be in the game. Well, you can tell by the record, they've been in quite a few games being 24-4. Did it surprise me? Yes. Uh, but I'm not surprised they're going to the state finals. Again, when you're playing a couple of Division One recruits, really three on the team, but in terms of you mentioned physical, I immediately think about post-play. Oh. Uh, Silver Creek 6'6 six, six, and 6'9. Six, uh, and, and so the fact that you can bring the physicality, is a good thing uh, if you're Leo. Before we continue, for student-athlete, you feel you've been overlooked by universities, Lawrence Intellectual University has a unique program for you. To recruit yourself, take a listen. If you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports, Lawrence Technological University wants you to recruit yourself. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women, along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs. Athletic and academic scholarships are available in all sports, including its newest additions, competitive cheer and dance, e-sports, women's hockey, and men's and women's track and field. Visit LTUathletics.com and recruit yourself. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. All right, with that, let's go to the action at Seymour. And since we were just talking about Leo and we referenced Silver Creek, mm-hmm. Silver Creek beat Garen Catholic. Garen Catholic gave them a tremendous battle. 
And this is probably indicative of how the entire road has played out for Silver Creek. They have found a way to win most games, and clearly they've been the favorite in every game they have played so far in this postseason, but they've probably been closer. People thought they would be. You know, North Harrison, Silver Creek had to rally late to win that game by three on the Friday night of the sectional down at sectional 30. Connorsville, because of the way that Connorsville plays, kept them within a point. Silver Creek won 31-30 in the championship game uh, of the regional uh, in, in, in the southern quadrant of 3A. Garen Catholic led into the third quarter of Silver Creek before Silver Creek finally hit a run late third, early fourth, that gave them the distance to put Garen Catholic at bay. So the Dragons expected to make it back. They were here two years ago. And again, the, their top three players, Jacoby, Kaufman, Wren, as well as Northern, are all back when they played as freshmen and sophomores on Silver Creek's first state championship team. But, Baz, here we go. They're trying to win both a girls' and boys' basketball state title within a month of each other. It'd be the third time in IHSAA history in the last 15 years that's happened. Well, they get such great size, and you sit, you look at their girls, so uh, they they were a pretty athletic basketball team themselves uh, a few weeks ago down at Banker's Life. And this is this going to be fun. Uh, this is a basketball team I've been wanting to see, Greg, up here with their size that they have. And it's going to be an interesting matchup on the inside, which we're going to talk about later. But, uh, yeah. Uh, it'd be, it would be special. How many times has that happened in the history of the IHSA? Three times? Correct. So the first two, Oregon Davis won the girls and boys in 1A yeah. in 2007. And three years ago, Warren Central, the girls were very much a surprise. The boys were not. The boys went 32 <laughs> and 0, able to get past Romeo and, and New Albany uh, in, uh, in, in Seymour before then beating Ryan Osborne's Carmel team and Ozzy's first year as the head coach at Carmel. Um, but yes, those are the two occurrences that's happened previously. Bedford North Lawrence came close. The boys won in 90, the girls won in 91. So technically the two teams were the defending champions for the same time for about a month, but not in the same <laughs> academic calendar year. There you go. So there you go. All right. So the other game that was at Seymour, Bloomington South, Lawrence North, Lawrence North wins it. Lawrence North wins by two. The fact that Bloomington South got to this point and kept that game as close as possible, given everything they lost off of last year's team, knowing that their top player got hurt before the season started in Connor Hickman, who's going to play at Bradley. Joey Bomba is probably a borderline Division I player on that Bloomington South team. Uh, the Taylor kid, the transfer from Edgewood, is a very nice player, probably a solid Division II NAIA-level player. But this is not the Bloomington South team from a year ago. This was the game that everybody thought we would see last year. At the time, it was number one versus number two. Um, I can't say enough good things about Bloomington South. Yet, Bob, it is exactly what we have said all year. The Cardiac Cats, Lawrence North, they, 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 they passed nine lives in December. Um, they find a way every most every time out to get the W. Well, you know, I I was thinking uh, seriously yesterday uh, at uh, about Bloomington South. How in the world did the team graduate that many outstanding players? <laughs> get back uh, with a twenty-five and five record, and, and then you're going to get well. You got two coaches that have a combined thousand wins. 
you know, and uh, and I'm thinking, well, here comes oh Jack Kiefer again. Well, what's he going to pull? Obviously, well, he pulled a big ball game uh, to be a very good Bloomington South team, Greg. And you've seen them both. It just had to be an exciting high school basketball game. And when you sit there and look, these these, these are heavyweights. These are four A's throwing heavyweight punches, counter punching back, and man. It, it, oh, it, it would have been a blast to work that game. I'm just notice that. notice that the two 4A scores were almost identical. Yes. 53-50 and 54-52. Gives you an idea as to what to expect in the state championship game. Last year when LN won at Carmel was 39-37. This year's a little bit different because Carmel got out to a lead. And again, when those two teams played February the 4th, Brian Waddell was hurt. So Carmel won that game by double figures without their leading score. Again, we'll talk more about that next week. But the coaching job that Jarrah Holmes did this year, uh-huh. and, you know, obviously he's won two other state championships. Last year's team, they've got a banner in the gymnasium. God bless them. They were the only unbeaten team um, in, in Indiana high school basketball last year when, when the music stopped and the season ended. Uh, they've got a banner to reflect that. But this is JR's best coaching job, at least at Bloomington South. Maybe he'll tell you his early teams at Tunnelton, uh, his teams at Mitchell. Uh, but at Bloomington South, to me, this is his best coaching job. And JR has, because he's the AD too, those that don't know that at Bloomington South, uh, you know, he's, he's in his 70s, really hitting his retirement stride, still coaching and being the AD. Um, but he has a special honor for the teams that win 20 games. They're on display in the entryway to the gymnasium. You have to be a 20-win team to join that group. There's a lot of pictures the last 15 years that are in that entryway. But for this group that had so little varsity experience together, to be in that group, again, I I cannot tell you how good those – they're not going to feel good today, but how good they should feel going forward about the effort they put forth to put themselves in that position. So with that, let's get to the final region or semi-state site. And this was the site that I was blessed to be at. Mm-hmm. First time I called a game with a hatchet house in some 10 years. As I said on social media earlier this weekend, last time I had a game with the hatchet house, Cody Zeller's wearing a number one jersey with the state of Indiana scripted across his chest. So it had been nearly a decade. Old girl, 55 years old, the hatchet house was looking pretty on Saturday afternoon. And the team just down the highway uh, was dominant especially in half number two. Bob, Bar Reeve outscored Tinley 25 to one in the third quarter and took an eight point game to a 32 point game. It finished as a 47 point victory. Bar Reeve has made the state championship game for a seventh time in the last 19 tournaments that have reached Bankers Life Fieldhouse. They've been good all year and we're gonna see them in Cal's square off here in a couple of weeks. Well, I, I did get a, a phone call right after that game, and uh, it, it's from a uh, former head coach and uh, an athletic director. Matt Stone says, I may have just seen one of the best high school teams in the history of Indiana play. He said, this team is really, really special, and and you've talked about their size. You've been talking about them for a couple of years, and when you sit there and, and uh, as evenly uh, divided out as the scoring was, uh, this is a team that relies on a team to win. You're very familiar with this team. But when you come out in a semi-state and dominate 
like uh, like Bar Reed did over Indianapolis Tiddly, who who is not a bad basketball team. No, it's not. They, they they just run up against a bus on, and that has to be special. Anytime you get to see something like that, Greg, that has to be special. Watch a team like that. Kurt Hope, 20 points, 16 rebounds. Going to play at Bellarmine next year. And again, much like Caleb, first we say, hey, there's your difference maker in 2A. Similar thing in 1A. Uh, he's he's a he's a big bit as mobile that can go out and shoot if he needed to. I think he attempted only one three. He quickly realized, even though that Tinley goes 6'4 and 6'7 up front, that Hope was the difference maker. His dominance was really the key on the, both the offensive and defensive glass for Bar Reeve. Um, just again, phenomenal effort by Abari. And Tinley, 10 losses on the year, but seven or eight of those are the 4A competition. Yeah. And Tinley beat Lafayette Jeff, who came within an eyelash of beating Carmel last weekend in the regional championship. The good news for Tinley is their top four or five scores all return next year. And Bar Reeve, if they were to see them again at the semi state round next year, will be good because, well, Bar Reeve's always good. <laughs> but of the top seven for Barry, five are seniors. And so it'll be a different looking Barry team a year from now. It's going to sting for Tinley for a while because no one wants to be on that stage and, and kind of get their head handed to them the way that, that Barry did. But Barry, and, and we tend to talk about a team's offense first, their defense was stifling. And the fact that they are long enough, basically every starter is six, two or taller mm. and they're athletic enough where they can switch every screen. It's part of what makes them so special defensively. All right, up against it time-wise. So the last game that I had um, was, was, I wouldn't say a classic, but it was extremely competitive. I think the largest lead may have been six or seven during the course of the contest. It was Park Heritage that, again, for folks outside of Park County, Pulled an upset and beating Shenandoah the week before, but beat them handily, one by 19, against a Southridge team that had not made the semi-state since they made back-to-back Final Fours in the one-class days in 85 and 86. And they are led by Colson Montgomery. Uh, Colson will be, a, in my estimation, a professional athlete um, by the end of the summer. Because while he is a Division I basketball player, he's also a Division I baseball player. And MLB.com lists Colson as the 48th best prospect in the country, <laughs> high school and college combined from a baseball perspective. These are heady words I'm about to say because he's from the same general area. People down home think he's the next Scott Rowland. Let that marinate for a little bit. Uh, a county player. Southridge has three Division One baseball kids. Two of them are their starting five. But really, from a basketball standpoint, that team was going to go as far as Colson Montgomery would take them. And he came close. He scored 25 of their 36. But Park Heritage's team game was just enough. Uh, Connor Davis, their 6-4 post, had a great first half. Did enough to keep Park Heritage in front. Uh, game got tied at 34. Riley Ferguson hit a huge through about two minutes left to go. And from that point, they were able to kind of keep at bay uh, Southridge. Park Heritage wins it 40 to 36. And Park Heritage, Bob, in their third year as a school, will play for a state championship in boys basketball. That's remarkable. That is, it truly is remarkable. And congratulations to them uh, doing it the right way and, and uh, 
getting down to Banker's life in a couple of weeks. That that's really special to beat a good uh, a good Southbridge team that's very competitive. Uh, that was just, just a big win. So Park Heritage again, they're the combination of Rockville and Turkey Run. Their boys basketball team made the state finals nine years ago in one A, lost to Lagodi. Turkey Run never made it past the regional round in terms of boys basketball, but Turkey Run did win a softball state championship at tail end of the one class days, beating Center Grove back in 96. So that, that town's looking to experience a, another new level of success. Those two towns, I should say, Rockville, Marshall, that, that entire. Yeah, uh, they have a behemoth coming up in Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian. We will re- we'll not recap, we will preview all four state championship games next week on the show. Be sure to join us then. Baz, my friend, a pleasure. We'll do it again real soon. Have a great call coming up in two weeks, but uh, we will see you soon. All right, for Bob Stambazzi, as well as Wes Wolf, this is Greg Regstraw. Thanks for joining us. State Champs Indiana Hang Time, presented by Lawrence and the Logical University.